Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Stephen and I are together in the Cleveland studio. <laughs> Steve is showing some, some, some energy today. Okay, what you got going on there, buddy? Oh, man, I'm just glad the week is over. Just, it's, it's uh, you know, the start to this year has just been brutal at work. And then my house is under construction. Uh, the, uh, they took out the two walls, so the wall between the kitchen and the dining room. All right. And then the wall between the dining room and the living room, like there's a doorway there, but it's like wide open. You know, I knew that was happening. I just yeah. had forgotten about it. Well, it just kind of really started to, like, it just kind of started to happen. It was supposed to happen next week, and they're like, oh, the wood's in. We're going to go ahead and do it. Um, and so this whole thing, like, there's just a lot of stress. So I got to be extra positive so I don't, like, freak out. But Okay. Uh, so you want something positive. Let's talk about Russia and Ukraine. <laughs> this is a fucking mess. This is really scary shit because Russia seems to be setting the table for full-scale invasion invasion. and and it's it's well we didn't want to do this but they did that and look at the number of times i'm going to point the finger at america where we had an economic reason to want to make a military move and put up some bullshit reason to do it operation northwoods which didn't actually happen um the gulf of tonkin i mean that's what i'm that's what i'm hearing about when i'm reading russia saying well we're just putting these people here. We're not doing this wrong. And all of a sudden you're, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, and Russia came out today and said that they don't want war with Ukraine. And they just, you know, and, and they need the West to basically back off. But there's also a report out that Russia has enough troops on the on the Russian-Ukrainian border to invade the entire country. Um, and, you know, like they've been steadily adding troops to the border. And, and it's like, all right, you're saying you don't want war, but yet you keep doing this thing with the troops, and that makes it hard to believe what right. you're saying. Uh, also, you're Russia. Also, you're so, Putin. So I don't know. Um, but no, this this is really scary. I mean, you know, and everyone's worried about the actual physical invasion, right? Um, which which we really should be because that is going to be a slaughter. Um, you know. Even if the U.S. sends more weapons, like I mean, they're just going to get outnumbered um, and run over in probably relatively quick fashion. Even though I'm sure the Ukrainians will fight like hell, um, and th- their only chance would be the U.S. would need to send more than weapons. We, you, you know, all of NATO, like the U.S. would be smart not to lead the charge here. We need to get NATO involved big time. Like, look, you know, where Trump was right is like, listen, NATO, you got to pull your weight here. And, you know, we're not asking you to pay more money. We're asking you to do what we said, we, what we set out we were going to do back when we put this whole thing together. And so, you know, NATO would need to come in full force to back them up to give them a chance in hell. Um, I also fear what China and Iran might do in a situation like this to help Russia out. Um, but, you know, all that aside, like that's the obvious, right, is, is just the bloodshed and the collateral damage. But... You know, the less obvious thing is from a cyber standpoint and cyber attacks and cyber warfare and what this could do. Russia has a very advanced cyber warfare division, and they've been, you know, at the top. You know, I mean, I don't know if they're the leader, but, you know, us, China, them, Iran, North Korea, 
um, all have very advanced cyber warfare capabilities, and Russia's ability here is should be terrifying. Um, you know, like they they have the power, and they've done it in the Ukraine both. In I think oh in 2014 when they invaded Crimea and then earlier back in 2007, um, they can shut they've shut down the full electrical grid or the electrical grid in places in Ukraine, um, which means if they did that now it's winter there like it is here and so we're talking about them losing electricity in the middle of winter possibly losing heat water you know their utilities yeah. and not, you're talking about people dying you yeah. know I mean you shut it down long enough um, they have the ability to shut down communications. Um, so if you shut down electricity or you shut down communications or both and you can't get internet um, or, you know, they are able to impede television and all that sort of thing, you know, then they can backfeed, the, the Russians would then be able to go in and backfeed, you know, massive misinformation campaigns. Um, we know that they have technology that can mimic, so, you, you know, like they could take a, a, a video of what people would think would be their, their president in Ukraine, right. Zelensky, um, and make him say things that he's not saying through AI and things like that. So the Russians have a lot of capability here um, to cause a lot of damage. Or, I mean, you're talking about, I mean, we already know that they found very, very vicious malware in, in, a, in a number of Ukrainian systems, um, that NATO has then reinforced Ukraine with money to help you know, strengthen their systems and their, their cybersecurity and things like that to help uh, you know, prevent some of the damage that could happen if... if uh, the Russians were able to, you know, engage in this type of in this type of warfare, um, and then there's a ripple effect, right? Um, you, you know, if they go in and they start shutting down Ukrainian businesses, or, um, you know, we saw this with the Solar Winds hack, um, you know, uh, not that long ago, and where it, you know, it impacted FedEx, it impacted businesses around the world, um, and so there's a lot of concern, obviously, about the physical war, right? Sure. Like the battlefield type thing. But the cyber element is just as scary, if not more so, because of the wide-reaching impact, right? Now, if Russia goes and does something like that, where they shut off the electrical grid for an extended period of time, which, again, they've done before, and what was our response? Um, you know, but if they use that either in lieu of an actual, you know, bang-bang, shoot-em-up type war, or to supplement that type of war... You really that's more likely. Right. I mean, well, I, and I don't know. I mean, because Russia could, I mean, literally what they could be doing in theory is everybody, hey, I'm dangling the keys over here with the troops on the border, but they're really gearing up for a major cyber attack. Or the other thing is maybe Russia doesn't do anything with Ukraine in terms of an actual invasion or a, an attack on them from a cyber standpoint. Um, to the point where the U.S. feels they need to get in. But if the U.S. comes in and says, we're going to sanction the shit out of you for this whole thing, then they turn their sights on us. And we know that they can get to us. They've been doing it for the last two years, um, you know, with JBS, the meat, the meat yep. distributor, um, with the oil pipeline. Um, it, you know, I mean, and there's, there's arguments that they've done it to small state and local governments in different ways to show their, to basically say, hey, we have different ways to get at you. So keep that in mind when you're, you know, when you're doing your saber rattling in the media. Um, and that's scary. Now, the U.S. has the ability to, to defend that, and, and we've been working on shoring up our systems, and, and, and we've been very aggressive with how to defend ourselves in a cyber attack. We also have similar capabilities to Russia. So that's one of those 
not it's not quite on the level of of nuclear mutual self destruction and every and everything else. But if you tag us, we could easily tag you back. And the difference is, um, you know, Russia's already started their dis- misinformation campaign with the U.S. starting going back as far as 2015, maybe 2014, with the Russian troll camps and all that other shit. Sure. But what we would do is we would go back, and I think I think what we would and should do is go back and do the exact same thing to Vladimir Putin. Like, look, your government is corrupt. You are corrupt. Um, you do a good job of keeping that under wraps, and there are small little outbursts, but you usually quash that. And what we can do is magnify that message of corruption from Vladimir Putin on down throughout his government and feed the information to enough resistors or, uh, you know. Sure. You know. But, but the difference is they're an authoritarian dictatorship. Call it communist, call it whatever. They're an authoritarian dictatorship. Sure. So you can't say... The things we can say about our government, you and I have said it, you know, however many times. Right, but if you, but, you do it there, but you, what the whole? I mean, you go in and you completely destabilize them, right? It's you don't want to do it because that also is going to have collateral damage. But you go in and you spread that message, and I'm not talking about just on Twitter and Facebook like they what, did here. So what are you talking about? I'm, ta- I'm, I'm literally talking about giving like very specific information proof of corruption and getting it out to the people that are brave enough to get it out there but like coordinating it to where it's it's beyond where you can just go kill this guy or go kill that guy you give it to him you feed it to him underground and you let it grow somewhat organically like listen it's that's where the cia gets involved and and listen it's ugly but let me tell you you it works in terms of destabilizing countries before we've done it in the past we could we haven't done it to russia because we, we don't want to do it with them to this point. Like, we're, it's basically a card that we're holding. Um, but listen, if they, if, they, if they invade Ukraine and they attack us or they attack us because we're keeping them from invading Ukraine, you, you don't have a choice. I'm not... That groan was not, I don't want to do it because it's ugly. That groan was, I don't know if it works over there when they can just literally... Oh, it absolutely ro- works. You think so? Yeah, I we've see, seen so, it work. So, so I... It, there's it, so... Like, listen, listen so, Vladimir Putin, he is very dangerous. So don't misconstrue what I'm about to say. All right. Okay. He is very dangerous, and he's proven it to be. He is cold, calculated, heartless, and hungry for power. And aging. Right. That being said, he, like, this guy, like, he, Vladimir Putin has a reputation of being this badass spy who rose to power. He was not a badass spy. He was a dope. Right. He was a dope who was he was in the intelligence community, but considered a dope across the board. All right. He, he found an in with Boris Yeltsin, who was a bigger dope, and he was able to manipulate that with the backing of a very, very wealthy Russian oligarch into power. But what was supposed to happen was the Russian oligarch was supposed to be the one in power. And Vladimir Putin basically did what Vladimir Putin does. Fuck them. And then he replaced them. Okay. See, that's why I don't agree with calling him a dope. Yeah, yeah, but listen, listen, listen. You can you can fail up and then sort of kind of fake it till you make it, and he clearly made it. You're saying he's the Elizabeth right. Holmes of oligarchy. Sure, sure. I mean, I, and 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 that's that's actually not far, right? Like, I mean, he just he had more money, and it was a more vicious game where he could he could do more than what Elizabeth Holmes could do in terms of getting her company off the ground to the point of legitimacy. But it's the same sort of aspect that, you know, like some, you know, some idiot comes up with an idea, 
right? Maybe not the smartest bright light on the tree, but he's got a good idea. He gets some venture capitalists to support him. And then the next thing you know, he's got a Tesla. He's got a Microsoft. He's got an Apple, right? And now I'm not saying that those guys are idiots, but we've seen companies like that rise to power, um, you know, or people who get really wealthy off of, you know, doing something in the market or with a company or whatever. And it turns out like that guy's a fucking dope, right? Well, here you have a guy who started off as a dope and was able to turn himself into this thing that he is now. He learned on the job how to become Vladimir Putin. Um, and so what I'm saying is he's not infallible, right? He's, he's, he's and, and don't like he, in a way he's, he know like, that's what he, that's exactly what he wants you to say, right? Like, well, that'll never work because it's Vladimir Putin and it's Russia. That will never work. So, you know, if there's enough people in the room like you, then the U.S. is like, oh, yeah, you're right. Well, well, we won't do that. We'll just let him kind of do his thing. And I think there were enough people in the room like you when he took over Crimea back in 2014 that left us in a position where we're just like, I really wish he would stop doing that. We're just going to hit you with that's sanctions. That's not what I'm saying at all. No, 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 no. But that's what we did. What do we do? Oh, you know, I'm not, I'm we like, said, I stop just, doing that. Don't do it again. Like me. I'm like, I'm, I'm Well, not. no, but yes, but that very sentiment, that very sentiment of that's not going to work over there because, because he's, he's brilliant. him okay. and he's brilliant and he's this and he's that. That that's part of that's part of the kind the of mystique. The, the mystique and the beauty of what he's built as it, if you're looking at it from a power standpoint. But you can't think like that because ultimately we're still dealing with people and we're still dealing with an oppressed people. We're still dealing with people who know who have access to the outside world who know that they're getting the short end of the stick as it relates to their government and how they're being literally ruled by an authoritarian leader who is incredibly insecure and incredibly dangerous. And so we've seen that in other places and it will take a massive effort. And again, the collateral damage will be massive as well. Some of these people will ultimately end up being martyrs and there was going to be instant casualties of it, but that, but it's still, if you, if you're able to plant enough seeds across the country, across Russia, and you have to do it in other places where Russia has close ties, you can absolutely destabilize their government and bring them down. Now, it's crushing and it has massive implications across the board internationally, but if he goes too far, I think you have to. I'm, I'm all for trying. I'm all for trying. I just don't know There if, is no try, only do. Okay, Yoda. Um, <laughs> but, but, I mean, I, so if I was to take it to a more extreme example, I would say Kim Jong-un. Like, we would love to destabilize his government and have people rise up against him, but they can't. A little bit different. A little bit different. Actually, uh, no, quite different. It's, well, yeah, but, it's, but it's a lot different. It's, the concept is there. I mean, you, you could the, do it. The, the issue with North Korea is that the people are starving. The to people death. are starving. <laughs> literally, they're, they're literally starving. They're just like, I mean, they also have very limited they, access to also, information, also right? True. Which is a lot different than true, Russia. True. Right? I mean, there's a re, Russia has one of the most. Now, North Korea also has a very advanced cyber warfare division as well. Um, but they just don't hide the facts that they're authoritarian. Right. I mean, I mean, Russia, Russia has this division, but they also have a number of people within their citizenry that are very advanced as it comes to technology and are not in the pocket of the government. You know, we'll, we'll see how this plays out. Yeah. I, I mean, I, look, I, I don't know if any of this is, is, you know, it's this, this is a, this is a tense moment. Um, I ultimately think it passes with with some moderate sanctions and ultimately Russia backs down um, because the the U.S. can't let what happened to Crimea happen to the Ukraine uh, because and not 
yeah, there's financial implications and political, imp- like you know, but ultimately, if if because then Russia is so emboldened, right? That and we know that Russia has the support of China, that they're going, they're just going to keep pushing. So you let them get away with Crimea, you absolutely cannot let them get away with actually invading another country. Um, because if you do, then that completely you lose. Then NATO has no standing. The U.S. has no standing, and Trump did plenty to help to already hurt us in that regard. And we kind of need to get some faith back with our international partners, uh, which is why you can't l- just let this go. I 100 percent agree. You can't just let it go. I don't know where you draw the line. Where I 100 percent agree that we need to reach out to NATO and be like, we have this whole thing because we're in this shit together. Yeah. Don't fuck with us now. I mean, I uh, think the biggest thing is you have to make a decision. Like, you, you, you've got to make a couple decisions in terms of threat level, and you got to ride with them, right? Like, you got yeah. to follow them through, and you can't just talk big. Um, and Biden has kind of already fucked this up because he's kind of, oh, well, we, you know, I mean, Russia's, yeah. we're, we're kind of, you know, like, you know, doing done the whole, there will be strict, there will be very dire consequences, whatever he said. Yeah. And then when that got pushed around, it was like, well, I didn't mean dire. I meant, you know, pretty dreary. Seriousness. <laughs> so, no. I mean, there's just, you know, I mean, I, I just, I think like we said with COVID, right. You can't half ass this. You got to go whole ass. So and you once gotta again, know what you're doing. You have right, to have like contingencies in place. Right, like you got to have a smart plan, and you can't half-ass it. You have to go whole ass with this, um, and and you got to be on your game, right? Like your best and brightest. Well, fucking prove it. Well, and all right. So let me let me uh, talk about how, as a country, I think throughout the whole January sixth investigation, we've seen how Laura Ingram and Tucker Carlson and and Sean Hannity, they aren't just media members. They're influencers within the White House under the Trump administration. I mean, they were directly involved, direct contact. And we've seen all this oh, stuff shit, come up. I knew that the whole time. I know. Well, no, but now we're seeing the whole... When we were saw, tra- we when saw they, them going in and out of the White House during the entire we administration. Tra- when we were trying to... When they were trying to calm things down on January 6th, we saw how directly they were contacting the inner circle. Tucker Carlson this week has been talking about how, why are we on Ukraine's side? Why aren't we on Russia's side? Well, one, Russia is an obvious adversary. Two, Ukraine is a f- democracy, at least in... We, have an ob- we also have an obligation to protect Ukraine, right? Not, not just one morally. We have no, no, a treaty. Re- yeah. Right. So, right. what the fuck but, do you but, mean? Well, well, well don't know that. What the fuck does Tucker Carlson mean? And why is his audience not saying... Are you fucking kidding me? These are the fucking zombies. It's it's beyond They're lemmings. Sure, but I mean, I think there's just you you. Yes, they are, but you know, Tucker and Fox News. It's clear what the, that they are. They have taken the head of the uh, obstructionist train, right? Like yes. whatever the Democrats say, whatever anyone from the progressive left says, we're going to say the opposite. You know, some of it is just to screw the other side over just to do it. And then a lot of it is a lot more nefarious. I think this is, I think this particular instance is more just screw them. If they say we should support Ukraine, we're going to say that we should support Russia because we're just going to say everything they do is wrong, period. Uh, Unless it's exactly what we want in certain instances. But even if they do what we want, we're still going to say it's wrong. Right. Like, so that's what I think this is. There's some of their other stuff as it relates to race and as it relates to, 
you know, uh, domestic issues, I think, are more nefarious and dangerous that, you know, we need to watch. This particular instance is literally, you said left, I'm going to say right. Uh, and the fact that his audience is fine with it, accept it, buy into it, repeat it, um, you know, is is incredibly concerning, not from the, only because my, what, how do we redeem? Are, are they redeemable? Are can we come back together as a country? Um, is, is there any is there any like bedrock truth that we can all get behind and support? Um, and I, it's hard for me to find what that is, right? Like it's not we can't even get all behind the flag because you know the sure. the, the right has co opted the flag to mean this, and then the left is saying that the flag represents that. Um, you know, I, I don't, if 9-11, if something 9-11-esque happened right now, I mean, and you could say COVID has been that, but I mean, something more direct impact, immediate, you could see it. We all see the same exact thing. Um, if you saw like a 9-11 rehash, I don't know if you get the same sort of united response that you got back in 2001 when it happened, when it happened. Right. I, I mean, I, I, think, I would, I would completely agree with that. You know, I mean, I, I would get, get political as to why. Yeah, I mean, we we know, but I mean, if something like that happened now, like where nine eleven brought us together, and you could also say nine eleven has some has is part of the issue now, right? It started, it started Fox News down its path. You know, it started the you know first you know George Bush got a lot of support, but then you know the rest of his team, you know Cheney and and, and the rest of them, you know it created a lot of dissension and division. Um, but if something like that happened now, I, I don't know if we would come together the way we did, and it that that is so, something to that magnitude could be, really could be the thing that really kind of tears it all down. Here, here, here's I'm going to go totally lefty on you, and say. So when it happened in 2001, a lot of people who were traditionally liberal, including me, jumped and said, we're Americans. I said the words, thank God George Bush is our president. I said those words. I retracted them years later. But it, to me, I dropped politics and I thought, you know, this guy is going to be. And then when I later learned how he stuck his head up his ass and whatever, I changed my position. But if this happened today, Tucker Carlson would be blaming not al-Qaeda, he'd be blaming Joe Biden. And the right wing would be tearing apart every... Liberals, they want to understand why the al-Qaeda was upset and not actually fight back. I heard that shit in 01. Oh, yeah. And if there was a Democrat in power today, that would be the number one goal was the real the real people killing America are, is Joe Biden and the Democrats. And we would completely fall apart as a country. Because first of all, I... I listen to a lot of bullshit, and I jab back and do whatever. But if, flipping the script, if that were said to me today in a bar on 9-11, I would knock someone the fuck out. The other issue, you know, I mean, then what would the, you know, your progressive wing of the Democrats, what the hell would they say? You know, it's just like, right. what are we doing? We can't get a war. Like, I, well, I don't think they would. I don't know. Steve, the people are so fucking crazy now. Oh, you're talking about today. I'm sorry. I'm talking about today. Okay, you're, you're, right. Yeah, you're, I, I just I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, okay. I really don't know where. Like, in 2001. Oh, 2001, completely different. I mean, yep. you know, did you even have, I mean, your most progressive Democrat back then was fucking Ted Kennedy. You know, yeah. I mean, Bernie still. Oh, yeah, true. Bernie, you forget Bernie. Bernie has been there since, since you were but, 
Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, anyway. Anyway. All right. But let's, speaking of other things that we are now so divided on. So Stephen Breyer is retiring from the Supreme Court. Yeah. Normally we do anything SCOTUS, I throw straight to you, so I'm going to do it again. Well, I mean, you know, Breyer came in, um, he, re he replaced Justice uh, Blackburn, right? Um, Bill Clinton appointed him, and, um, you know, Breyer's been... Uh, he's he's one of my favorite justices, um, and and if you look at him, he's he's one of the things he said was once you become once you put on that rope as a Supreme Court justice, there's no more politics. You are a justice for everyone, for all the people, and he stood by that. Um, you know, he, he has supported abortion rights, um, you know, and women's rights to choose. He, he has been a strong supporter of integration. And you say, integration, Steve, he was, you know, he came in in 1994. Well, in, I believe, I want to say 2000, I want to say 2007, 2012. I can't remember you're, the exact you're year. You're going to better than me. Um, but, you know, there were schools in Louisville and Seattle who put forth an integration plan because their schools were still incredibly segregated. So they put together this plan to integrate their schools in the 2000s. And ultimately, the Supreme Court at the time, led by Justice Roberts, uh, you know, Thomas and, and, sure. and Scalia, Scalia. Yep. they you know, ended up voting against it. And in his dissent, he said, We're gonna re you're going to regret this. Like, this is, this is leading us. We're going the wrong direction. And this, this is going to really hurt, you know, the progress that we've made to this point as it relates to race relations, as it relates to integration, as it relates to, you know, righting the wrongs of this country's past. Um, and so he's just, he's been a, 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 a when, when someone says they're for everyone, he, he really represents that to the fullest. Um, but he, and he's also very big on removing the politics out of it. I, you know, he's said multiple times, it doesn't matter who appointed you. It doesn't matter how you got here. Once you're here, you're here and you need to uphold the values of this office and what it represents. Um, and he, and he's done that, but he's spoken out about, especially like the last, you know, five years, um, about the politics in, in, you know, the back and forth in the court and scolding, not only conservatives, but also scolding um, um, you know people on the left, um, you know, for a number of different reasons, and you know he's just I like the way he thinks because he thinks within the law followed immediately with 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 a a, a Venn diagram sort of merging of what's right because there's been plenty of people who follow the law. And it's just like, man, you follow the law, but man, this doesn't feel right, right? And and there's been we've seen that plenty of times, right? And, and but it, you know, Breyer has always been, here's the law, but what's right, and how do we make how do we pull those two things together? And the court has needed that since he's been there, right? Um, the court and the court always needs someone like that, um, you know, not to let the people, not to let the liberals go too far liberal, and not to let the conservatives go too far to the right. Um, you know, because I'm a strong believer that, that this country was built and founded upon the idea of compromise and recognizing what's good for the best for the greater good, 
um, but also encompassing the wants and needs of, of everyone and balancing it all. And it's a hard thing to do. Um, but he's the type of person who acknowledged that. And, and the court needs as many of those types of justices as you can find, um, I think, for the best outcomes. I mean, you know, the, Trump, uh, the Trump attempt to get documents protected from the January 6th committee got uh, an 8-to-1 uh, Supreme Court decision against the Trump team. And well, Clarence Thomas was the Clarence only one Th- right. who voted against And people yeah. were like, he needs to resign. Look, you're not going to be able to force these guys to resign. Which that's you should, right? I mean, that's right. the whole point, is they need to be... When, whenever people say we need term limits for, for justices, I'm like, that's to me, that's dangerous. Like, the whole I don't, point of right, it was... I mean, because then, like, the whole point of taking the politics out, you really don't. Right. Um, and, and that's scary to me. They need to be life... Uh, people really get upset with me about it, especially people on the left. We need term limits and we need more justices. Right. No. Don't add justices because once you start that, like you, with as long as Mitch McConnell is alive in twenty thirty five, when there's one hundred and two, right. yeah, like I promise you, like he, that you know, you'll, this court will be you know twenty four deep, and it'll be, and you'll still be outnumbered, right? Because right. the Democrats suck at this game. They do, um, and so you know, it, it, it's. Well, anyway, go ahead. Uh, have they named any potential um, nominees? Yeah. So okay. So so Biden has come out. And um, and he he made the statement during his campaign that it was going to be a black, he was going to appoint the first black female uh, justice to the court. Now that that in and of itself has been a huge point of contention for conservatives, obviously. Um, and you know the, your independence, your independence, and your moderates have been upset about it because you know the conservatives are saying, "Oh, well, you're you're being racist, and and you're, you know, it's it's a it's an appointment. It doesn't like he doesn't have to. It's the president. It's an appointment. He doesn't have to play by your rules. Sorry. Sure. Um, you know the rules say he can appoint well, whatever whoever we, we, he wants. We learned how the Republicans will play by the rules, exactly. or, force or, the rules. Or, or choose not to play by right. the rules at all and not have any repercussions for it. Um, you know, and so there's actually pres- precedent for a president to say, I'm going to nominate this specific type of person for a role, and that was Ronald Reagan, right? Ronald Reagan came out in 1980 and said, I'm going to appoint the first female justice to the Supreme Court, right? Now, a lot of people kind of dismiss that and say, well, okay, well, it was Ronald Reagan, it was 1980, and we didn't, we hadn't had any women to that point. Sandra Day O'Connor. Right, and it was Sandra Day O'Connor, um, which is, you know, interesting, right, that Ronald Reagan appointed her, mm-hmm. and then she turned it out to be who Sandra Day O'Connor very, very, was on very, the court, right? Very progressive. Um, where, you know, now people are really upset, well, it's because he said a black woman, right? I mean, it's so specific, and the pool is so narrow, and all the white judges out there need not apply like well i mean it's kind of been a need not apply for black judges up until you know when (laughs) right like so um you know i mean it was clearly a need not apply at least during the trump years right so i i I think (laughs) that's that's safe you know i mean so a lot of people are getting up in arms about it and you know your moderates are saying well what he should have done was not said that he was going to do it Right, so that the conservatives didn't have an argument against them, but then just done it. And my thing is, you know what? I, I don't really care. Um, because, and the reason why is, he had to say it during the campaign because Biden was not a popular pick amongst the African-American community. Right? I didn't, I didn't like him, and I'm not the king of black people. I don't speak for all black people. But there were a number of black people who just didn't like Biden, and they had good reason, Right. Sure. Um, and you've, you've been consistent on that. I'll give you right. that. I mean, and 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 I'm and I'm not saying I'm not saying my not 
liking Biden, my me not liking him is not like I think that the people who didn't trust him, I think they, those were legit, right? I think that I think their lack of trust in him, I I, I can understand why, right? Like just looking at it from an objective standpoint, just based off of what he said and the things that he supported in the past, so. You know, he, when he was running in his campaign, he needed to extend an olive branch. You know, him being yeah. the vice president for Obama wasn't enough. People were like, yeah, but we, we know your history. And so he comes out and says, my VP is going to be a woman. I'm going to appoint the first black woman to the Supreme Court. And people said, and I believe that he needed to do that. He needed to get black women on board with him. He needed to help solidify, and not because black people would have gone and voted for Trump, they just would have stayed home, right? Which we saw I mean, in and we, 16. We, 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 saw, you know, we saw it in 16, we saw it in the midterms in, in, in 18. So, look, there, he had to do it in order to get himself elected. And people were like, well, you shouldn't do it for votes. Like, well, motherfucker, I mean, you kind of need to <laughs> really? if, you, if, if getting the job requires you getting votes. And that, yeah, that's, that's the thing I've always said is I was not a Biden rah-rah guy. But I think Biden-Harris was the right ticket to win the election, which they did. Was it my dream My dream uh, choice? No, not at all. Right. But you know, and smart. Then, and, and, and then, so the other part of it, too, is honestly, can, you, you can, listen, we bitched and moaned about, like, listen, progressives and Democrats bitched and moaned about Neil Gorsuch. I said, Neil yep. Gorsuch probably be fine. Uh, they bitched and moaned about Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh was a little bit more sketchy, but to this point now, I mean, listen. Unfortunately, I think they're going to lose. We're going to lose the abortion thing. I just, I, I don't, I, I. And that's not an issue that I wake up. Right. It's not. Know, I mean, it, it's from, not. A, I'm never going to have one. And, right. Um, it's, it's not a single issue. I'm not a single issue person who's only about abortion. I completely understand and understand the people who are on both sides of it. Um, I have my thoughts on it. I think that women should have a choice. But the reality is, with the numbers that are on the court, who's on the court? Based off of what they've said in the past, I don't feel that the that the abort that Roe versus Wade is going to stand when they come down and make this decision. Now they may make some carve outs, they may do this or that, but ultimately I think it's going to come down to being a state decision. And I think abortion rights are going to are going to look like the political map red blue. You need an abortion, you need to be in a blue state, um, maybe a purple state, probably not Virginia. And and you know if you are against abortions, then you know or right. you know if you live in a red state, then you know, you better wear a condom and get all the birth control you need because otherwise um, you're, you're going to have some issues. Uh, but you take abortion off the table, and I think that, you know, and people say that's the only issue that really matters in, the, you know, going up to the Supreme Court. I say no, you've got, we've got a whole list of rights there, folks, that are actually, you know, in the Constitution, um, and any number of them are under attack at any given time. Um, and so I, I while... I would love to see more liberals on the court to balance it out. I would love to see a, a you know, f at least a five Looking to four. I'm sorry. AT, I'd love to see a, to call up an article. Sorry. Yeah, I'd love to see like a five to four type balance, whether it's one way or the other. Uh, but given the numbers that we have, um, you know, what I could say is that Kavanaugh and Gorsuch and, and even Barrett to a point haven't been the haven't been as terrible as people thought that they were going to be. Well, and I think that the reason for that is because, in, in this case, it's been mostly left-wing media and left-wing uh, politicians. The nominees from Trump were from Trump. 
And so therefore, we must vilify this person as hard as we can, find the worst thing. We, and truthfully, the Supreme Court, now, I think the Supreme Court, if you get to that point, and I know there have been exceptions, and I'll never forget Harriet Myers, if you've forgotten that, George Bush basically appointed... We know, come on. A lot of people probably don't. Basically, I mean, Bill Maher called him, her his cleaning lady. That was an, an abuse of the presidential power to nominate Supreme Court justices. Having said that, even Trump's nominees, Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, you know, they're accomplished I mean, look, legal minds. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing, too. Like, you, you go through, you look at Gorsuch, there are some things. You know, my biggest thing with Gorsuch is where he stands on, corp on corporations as people. Um, you I know, and, 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 and I think that, and I worry about that because if there's ever a chance to get Citizens United overturned, I think he's going to be an issue there. You know, Kavanaugh, I, look, I'm not going to come out, like Kavanaugh has, hasn't done a lot, right? Like he hasn't, there, there hasn't been a, a case that has really, has, has made him stand out, has made him stand out. He hasn't really, you know, and he hasn't tried to really take the spotlight, um, so we'll we'll see where he comes out. No, I mean, but if you're if you're a firm believer that the only issue that the Supreme Court can decide that matters is Roe v. Wade, then you're going to say these picks are terrible because we're going right. to lose it, and that's true. That's yeah, just yeah, true. That, no, that's and, true. And, and I don't think that it's going to work out well from an you know as it relates to abortion. Um, I could be surprised. It's definitely happened before on the court. Um, you know, and Justice Roberts is a pretty reasonable guy, I think. From a, from a, you know, he's definitely done some things that we don't like, uh, but at the same time, he's he's still relatively, uh, I think, objective. I mean, so he may be able to, you know, we'll see. Um, but in this particular instance, right, Biden has an opportunity, and the reason why I'm not so concerned about everyone's like, oh, he did all this grandstanding, because look, as long as you get this in before the midterms, yep. they can't stop it. Right. Right. Mitch McConnell, as bad as he's chomping at the bit to be able to try to fuck Biden here, he can't. Right. The only well, actually, the only he way can. he could <laughs> is if he can get Manchin and Cinema to, to right. do what they've been doing to this point. But I don't I think that even those two know that that's a death sentence for them politically. Right. I mean, so I mean, because at that point, it's, it's gross that that's the way they have to think. But you're correct. OK, but it's way. I mean, it's, it's where we are. <laughs> Uh, no, and Walter, so, you're not an ass. You're not wrong. You're just an <laughs> asshole. Okay, then. But big Lebowski reference for those yeah, who didn't get it. But um, I, I just I think that right now, Biden, as long as he's as long and listen, they don't have to even rush this like they did with Amy, like Trump did with Amy Comey Barrett, right? Like they got her in in like five weeks, right? Right? I mean, it was it was you know two weeks to Jam pick her, throat, yep. right? And then you know I mean maybe six weeks and then four weeks to to, to her uh, confirmation, and I mean it was bam like that. They don't even have to go that fast, right? They need to have this all wrapped up and done by training camp, right? By NFL training camp, right? By the time yeah. the Steelers report to uh, uh, to, to to Altoona, no, it's um. God, I want to say Berea. Labat. No. Latrobe? No? Latrobe. Yeah, sorry. Um, but by the time they report to Latrobe, Berea. then that's we need. Cleveland. That's Cleveland, I know, right? The Browns living here. But by the time they report to camp, right, and the Steelers start this downward spiral because we don't have a fucking quarterback. Um, I've got a boat to pick with you on that. Then okay. we need to. Um, we need to have a Supreme Court justice to replace Breyer. He said he's going to retire at the end of the term, which the end of the term, I believe, is in June. So, you know, you just need to have someone in place ready to go at that point in time, and then you're good to go. 
Um, and so, and like I said, the Republicans can't stop it. So it doesn't matter. Like he can say, right. I, I mean, he may, he, I mean, if I were him, you know, I would have come out. Um, I think uh, Brown Jackson, uh, she's a district court district court judge in uh, da, 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 Washington D.C. Okay. Or an appellate court judge now, I believe. Okay, okay. You, uh, but she's, I, I forget what, what level she's at. But, I mean, she's, I think she's the leading candidate. Um, very established, very well qualified. Um, you know, she has, you know, more time on the bench than Amy Comey, Amy Comey Barrett. So, you know, for any other conservatives out there running their yap about yeah. experience. Because oh, they're so consistently. Uh, well, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, if, if you know, someone's arguing about it. Um, you know, it's very distinguished. Very distinguished from, you know, like Ivy League school, Ivy League law school, um, you know, prestigious post. She was a, she she uh, was a uh, a clerk for a Supreme Court justice. I forget which one. Like she's got she she checks all the boxes. Uh, I think she's the most obvious, especially with her being in there in D.C. I I don't know why Biden is wasting his time. I would just go ahead and say this is my pick. And just go ahead and get the process started. But they don't necessarily have to rush it. But. No, they don't. But, you know, the, the one thing about him saying, I'm going to nominate a black woman that takes one thing out of his uh, his quiver is he can't nominate Obama. Yeah. I, and, and Obama... And, and you, I don't know if he wants it or not. If I were Obama... Why would you? Because you are... Nah, fam. Listen. I've been the president of the United States for two terms. <laughs> Right, I'm crazy popularity. Resume, I'm not saying he's a resume builder. All right, like I'm just crazy saying, popularity. Is that not your dream job, though? No, mine. No, or his. His. No, he was the president of the United fucking States. He's a, he's at the top of the mountain, right? Uh, this dude is sitting back. I guarantee you, this is what Obama's doing right now: smoking a blunt in a real <laughs> nice house somewhere, taking forever to write his memoir. Right, we've been waiting on Obama's memoir forever. Right, I was gonna challenge you on the smoking a blunt thing, but that adds to that. Right, like he's smoking a blunt, trying to write his memoir. Right, you know, dealing with with Sasha and, and, and his daughters and and, and Malia and, and yeah. you know out in L.A. Yeah, right, like you know, de- you know, getting annoyed with them, hitting the blunt even harder as a, as a as a father of a daughter. Trust me, I feel you. And um, you know, Michelle's out there running around being the, being the queen of all black women and everything else. Like Obama's living a life right now. Obama does I'm not. not I'm, I'm, Obama's I'm, not. Listen, it's the same reason why Bill Cower never went back to coaching. He, he, Bill Cower is getting paid to do nothing over there at TBS. Okay, right? Like Obama is has no responsibilities other than to write this damn book. <laughs> That's all he wants to do. I, 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 we could do this for hours, but I do want to talk about a few really, in, in my opinion, important things. Yes. One of them is that the district attorney who. Um, was involved in the original prosecution of the Ahmaud Arbery case, is now facing felony charges. And when I had that that technical mishap, I was trying to call up this guy's name. All right, so the one that's facing charges is Johnson. Uh, I think it's Jackie Johnson, and the other is Barnhill. Um, and so what's really disturbing about this is, you know, I mean, there, was, there, there so Barnhill's son was in... Johnson, like, so the, Barnhill and Johnson are both district attorneys. Barnhill's son was a lower-level prosecutor in Johnson's district, right? Okay. And so, and, and Johnson, no, I'm sorry, Barnhill's son had actually dealt with Ahmad Arbery on a previous case, okay? Um, and so there were concerns about, you know, Barnhill handling the case because it was originally in his court, 
right? So Barnhill goes out and says, yeah, I should probably be, you know, recused yeah, from yeah. this whole situation. But it's super late in the game, right? After all this, it, he doesn't start saying all this until after all this comes out. But like weeks or months after it, it, it had really kind of started to, to snowball into a, a, a movement. Really. And that, a national league. Right. Right. And, and so, um, and so aside from you, you've got these conflict of interests going on, but the, the big thing is, you know, his suggestion to the detectives on, on, on not charging uh, the McMichaels and Boyd, um, you know, he, he just kind of flat out lies, right? Um, you know, saying that, that, that the McMichaels had firsthand knowledge of Ahmaud Arbery committing a felony in the neighborhood, which is why they were in pursuit. And, and they therefore, had, they're the right therefore they, arrest, right? Yes, and which is not true. Correct. Right, which came out in trial. He also said that there was a video showing Ahmaud, Ahmaud Arbery burglarizing the home. Right? Also not true. Also not true, right? Which anybody watching the videos, like, knows this off the rip. Right, like so. I mean, it just like the the in in. But the the guy who said that Barnhill, he's not even the one who's been charged yet, right? They charged Johnson, um, you know, for prosecutorial misconduct for not, you know, pursuing the McMichaels and Boyd in this whole particular instance, you know, and and they're still investigating Barnhill. Um, but look, I mean, it's clear what went on here. Go ahead. The big picture thing to me is there. If we're going to fix the justice system. There needs to be consequences when law enforcement and prosecutors do things that are blatantly false, blatantly dishonest. If, if you know, and I mean, I'm not going to go in my list of, of, of cases where I've you know, read or listened about wrongful convictions. But when you hear a DA or a police officer say, I'm doing this, or, I believe, that, or whatever, they testify to whatever... And they know they are being dishonest. They also know there are no consequences for doing it. Yeah. And that is the heart of what's wrong with with a lot of criminal prosecutions. Well, I smelled marijuana. Oh, did you? Because this guy had, you know, I mean, let's go over to He had a knife in his pocket. Yeah. After you killed him, you right. found it. Well, the only thing about the whole smelling marijuana thing with, with where I work it stinks. Uh, in the neighborhood. It does um, stink. There have literally been times where I've been in my truck, windows up, and I'm like, what in the... Who the... <laughs> I told you what. And then I look, you look at it, the car ahead of you is just a chimney, and you're like, huh, okay. Right? So, I mean, I... It, <laughs> I have know, the opposite anyway. experience, right? I drove by a dead skunk, and we're like, someone's smoking weed. Right. No, idiot. There's an actual dead skunk. Um, but, but, yeah. But no, seriously, though, that, to, to fix the system, there needs to be consequences for lying or... You know, cheating, right. miscarriages, and justice. Yes, and and I applaud Georgia, uh, the Georgia Bureau of of Investigations here, uh, because they've taken once once this now it took this getting into the national spotlight, but yes. once it did, the Georgia Bureau of Investigations never backed down. They went hard after the McMichaels and Boyd, and now they're going after at least one of the DAs, if not. You know, the other one, the, you know, the main two, right. uh, Johnson and Barnhill, like I said. Um, and, and to me, that, that listen, that's happening in Georgia. 
Georgia yeah. is not exactly the bastion of you know happy racial, racial justice relations yeah. and racial yeah. and racial justice. Um, so that's a that's that's a, a you know of all the sort of bad signs in our our republic right now, that is actually a good sign. Um, it's unfortunate, like it's not a good sign that this that it has to even happen, but it is a good sign that it is being investigated, that it is that, you know, people are paying a price for their dog shit behavior towards, you know, their fellow man. And I can tell you from, you know, working in the pharma industry, I, numbers of times people said, well, you know, normally I would say this is okay, but I heard about this person from this, you know, thing that ended up being a big public issue. I'm not sticking my neck out yeah. To, to you know, yeah, this company doesn't want to throw out a hundred grand worth of product. I get it, but if that product goes out and kills someone, I'm not only you know responsible. I might go to jail. Right. And when it's oh, I might go to jail, people think a whole lot differently. Right. So if prosecutors and de- detectives start thinking, I better not just fudge this stuff because there could be a consequence. Not, you know, not a big picture, not a noble thing. Just oh, this could bite me in the ass. Yeah. And suddenly people take it a whole lot different. All right. Yes. Um, let's lighten it up. Yeah, let's, okay, we can lighten it up a little bit. I love Neil Young. I, knew, I love I Neil Young you as an artist. I knew you would. I love Joe Rogan. I've been open about that. I know you Stop do. Stop telling everyone I want to fight Joe Rogan. That's the last thing I want. I'm I not, haven't said that I'm not a Jack, It has been a long time. Jack Younger wants to fight him. I, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take the loser of that fight. Okay. <laughs> I ain't taking the winner. But so the whole Spotify on Neil Young, Joe Rogan thing is hilarious to me because if you don't know what happened, Neil Young said Joe Rogan is spreading false information about the vaccine and about the virus. So, hey, Spotify, you can have Neil Young or you can have Joe Rogan, but you can't have both. And Spotify said, well, you asked us to pull your stuff, so fine, we'll pull it. I like Neil Young. But what a dopey way of handling this by Neil Young, in my opinion. Just well, like, what, what are you, what, what, all right, I, I have thoughts, I'll, I'll throw to you. So, first of all, if you look at the numbers, right, if you look at the number of downloads to Joe Rogan's podcast versus the number of downloads to Neil Young's songs, it's like, the, it's, Joe Rogan has, I think it was close to 200 million people that were downloading, that were streaming his, or he was getting two million, 200 million streams, right? I didn't know, in, in, um, it's not Spotify. per episode, not per episode. Okay, but I, in a month. Either way, he's still a getting. Lot. He's got two. It's it's two hundred million. Yes. Versus six million. Okay. Right. Neil Young gets I'm six million. Young gets six. That's good for him. And I don't know how many. Like I don't know how many of those are authentic. Right. Those aren't individual. It could be somebody playing something on repeat. I don't know. All I know is that the numbers are two hundred million to six. Yes. So million. Um, and so that, that's an easy choice for Spotify. They also paid Joe Rogan a shit ton of money, so they're yep. not going to bail on him just because Neil Young says it. You know, I, I kept thinking it was Neil Diamond. I look at a picture, I'm like, that's not <laughs> Neil Diamond. And I'm like, oh shit, because it's not Neil Diamond, it's Neil Young. You, you are correct. I, not I'm not Neil a Diamond. fan of Neil Young music. I, I, I'm sure if I heard a song, I would know it. I couldn't name Cinnamon one. Cinnamon Girl, Like a Hurricane. You are. Like a hurricane. I'm not gonna make no. this any better. Okay. Um, uh, but either way, I mean, like, like Neil Young, like you're, you're not. Uh, I mean, listen. He was clearly, part of CSNY. I mean, he's he, he's, 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 he's also 76 years old. By right. Way. I mean, like, listen, you're, you're. He's a, now. Here's the other thing about this. Neil Young, along like a few years back, signed away a, a book, a good portion, I believe, of his catalog to like a giant hedge fund. So he's already made his money. 
I, oh, he's yeah, he doesn't. Even, and I mean, like, yes, he made his money off of his recordings, but then he did this yeah. move, this power move, and so he didn't really need Spotify. And then he left Spotify. Apple, or I'm sorry, Sirius gave him a station, um, you know, Sirius XM. Sure. And they gave him a station, which they have streaming and everything else. So, I mean, he's probably fine. He ends up making it up. So, I, I, this isn't... I, and, and I wonder if you dig, if there were issues with Neil Young and Spotify prior to this, right? And so he was able to t- kind of turn it into a way, all right, this is my way out. He gets out. He gets picked up by Sirius. He gets ample. I think he's getting amplified by Apple. So, I don't know if this is as virtuous as people are making it out to be. Um, because if it's just him saying you need to choose between me and it's strictly on moral grounds, right, and it's just the ultimate virtue signal, I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. But, um, I mean, I guess I can applaud you for having a stance, but I, I don't believe that it's that. I think that he was looking for a way to sort of amplify himself, give himself a little bit of a boost as he's getting late in years, uh, you know, one last hurrah, which I think he was able to successfully do. Um, but if it was all innocent and it just happened to work out in his favor, okay, fine. I don't I, like I don't like your music enough to to think that this is a good idea. I also don't hate Joe Rogan. I get people's like I get why people don't like what he's doing right now, and what what he's doing right now I think is pretty obnoxious and, and is pretty standard, right? You know, like there's if there's one thing that's pretty consistent amongst white guys is tell them they can't do something or tell them that they're wrong. Right. And that is the one thing that'll piss a white guy off more than anything, especially one who's had any level of success at anything. And Joe Rogan is doing the ultimate screw you. You're not the boss of me. Right. The more you tell him, don't do this, the more he's going to do it. And if you look at his guests for the last, I don't know, six weeks. Right. A majority of them have been, you know, heavy anti-vaxxers. Right. Like he he initially came out and he was pretty kind of nuanced about the thing. Like, look, I don't think I need the vaccine. I'm a pretty healthy guy. I got a lot of money. I'll be fine. Right. He got covid. He he stayed consistent with what he said. I don't need your vaccine. I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. He did it again. I got a lot of money. He did it. And people lost their minds. And then so he gets on someone, you know, like they attacked him. So he's just like, all right. Did was what I did. Was it so out of the ordinary? And then he starts getting people on to support his position. Right. Uh, which was antithetical to what everybody else is saying, and you know, they're progressive left about sure. about you know COVID and the vaccine, and he got more pushback. So the more pushback he's got, he's got he's gone out. Now he's gone and he's found doctors, and he's he's got Jordan Peterson and all these people, you know, and he got, sure. he got the guy who put together the m m m r n a whatever. Yeah, you got it, and. Um, you know, he gets him on there, and that guy's saying all sorts of crazy stuff. So he's getting all these people on there that are saying, you know, anti-vax stuff, and it's in and it's in direct response to the pushing against him, right? For for his choice back when he got COVID and th- the things that he was saying, which were, I don't think that were that far out, right? Based off of what we knew about what we know about COVID, um, what has proved to be true is like, look, chances are he'll probably be fine. He was. Um, you know, his point was, if I get it, I'll probably be fine. And I got a lot of money and this is how I'll do it. And that's what he did. And it, and it worked out. And then people really lost their shit. Um, and so now, now we're here to the point where he's just completely dug in, right? Like, I mean, it's, there's nothing else for him other than supporting his stance on anti-vaxxing, right? Which is unfortunate because I think he, he, even though I wasn't a big listener, um, I thought that the thing about him is that he was intellectually curious 
And so he brought all sorts of different people on with all sorts, all sorts of different views about all sorts of different things. Um, and it was very like a modern Howard Stern-esque, but I think actually legitimately funny, right? Yeah. I never found Howard Stern funny, but Joe Rogan is, I thought him and his crew were humorous and you could never give, like, and I think people put too much stock into, he's not that smart. Yeah, no shit, he's not that smart, right? Like, I mean, he's not... You, you know what tell you? Joe Rogan's a fucking idiot. Joe Rogan. Right. He I says mean, it all the time. Right. I, I mean, mean, the dude loves to smoke like, pot and sit there. The thing, he started the thing in his basement, just him and his comedy buddies just fucking around. I mean, like, so the fact that people take him so serious is, is so crazy. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's on people. Right, on exactly. That's, that's like, not his fault that people just think that his word is gospel um, or they think that his word is so powerful um, that, they, that, that they need to tear him down. And it's just, it's a, you know, if I were Spotify, I would do the same thing because of what I invested in him and what he brings to the table. Um, and if you, if you make an ultimatum to me, like, take me down or take him down. Numbers, okay. Right, it's, it's easy, you know. I mean, I wish Rogan would come back to down to earth, but he won't, and he's gone. And, and See, I, think, I don't think he's gone. I don't, I've listened to I, him. Well, I think the only way you get him to kind of come back down to earth is is if we get to a point where everyone's just like, all right, COVID is what it is. We have to live with it. It's endemic, and we all move on as a country. But, like, there are people that are so dug in on this that they like they're they're not going to let COVID go. I was just listening to something actually driving over here, where you know they did a survey and there's a there's a scary percentage of people who said their lives will never be the same post COVID, even though like and not because they died or they lost a love. Obviously, they didn't die, but right. you know, but because they're so fearful that they can't go, they can't leave their house without a mask and they can't be around other people without a mask and they'll forever, you know, keep the six foot rule right. in place and that, you know, that they will get every vaccine and every booster from here on out and that they won't work certain places if it's not work from home because they don't feel comfortable being around other people. Like, and, and you've got a large, a large enough contingency of people like that where it's probably matches the number of people that are anti-vax and that hate, you know, that hate anything related to trying to stop this thing, that I, I think this is going to be an issue for a while, even once it becomes endemic. I'm about to jump off the, the board for a second. and I was at my computer the other day, opened up my feed, and there was an article that popped up. Woman bitten by escaped monkey is now sick. Fear of potential next pandemic. I'm like, okay, I've seen this movie. <laughs> I know what happens. And then within six... Outbreak. Yeah, the movie, the, right? correct, yes. Within six hours, woman bitten by monkey is not sick. Like, the, 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 the media, and this is not right, left, anything. The media's desire to be out in front of the thing that's going to make them really get the grab is, is a huge problem. Although, I'm, I'm, I mean, look. The woman wasn't even fucking sick. Okay, but if, if I get bit by a monkey, I'm, some random-ass yeah. monkey, I've got, I've got concerns. It wasn't a random monkey. It fell off of a, a truck. What the fuck do you mean? It doesn't get any more random than that. It's a very specific monkey. It's, like, it's a specific there's monkey. There's no reason living in the United States I should be bitten by any monkey. So any monkey I get bitten by is random. <laughs> I still want to carry this to the next level. I want us to argue about the... How you classify the monkey that bit the woman in Pennsylvania, by the way. In Pennsylvania. 
Florida. Yeah, I get to buy a monkey every day. It happens. I mean, whatever. All right. Anyway, we are we are up against it. Do you want to talk NFL coaching? Um, you know what? Because that, that'll be around for a little right. bit. Um, let, let's talk about Major League Baseball in the Hall of Fame. Um, so it was announced that Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Sammy Sosa, and Kurt Schilling did not get in, correct, and will not be eligible. Well, that's it. Their, their eligibility is up. Yep. Yeah, I think they so, can vote by the writers years down the road, but that ain't going to happen. Um, unless a lot of writers go the way of you know the highway to heaven. Um, but <laughs> I was going to say become logical and reasonable, but no, you well, have to be- die. better okay. better chance if they just die. <laughs> okay, uh, and we get an infusion of younger writers in, but uh, you know Bonds, Clemens, Sosa. All basically the faces of a steroid era of baseball. Sure. Um, which the major league, you know, major league writers um, of baseball, they are probably the most um, pretentious of all the, the sports writers sure. um, that vote on the Hall of Fame in sports, right? Like, so you got the NBA, you've got the, you know, the NFL, you've got hockey, and, and, and um, you've got baseball. Um, you know, baseball. Is probably the most well-known. And I think king. they hold the most power when it right. comes to the Hall of Fame. Right. And so, uh, but the writers, man, like they really, um, I really just don't, I, I, this to me, I could see keeping Sosa out barely. I don't see how you keep Bonds out. I don't see how you keep Clemens out. Um, you know, how, I how actually. keep Sosa out? Is I, it because of the corking bat thing or the. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I look, I, I really don't see it. Even as much as I can't stand Kurt Schilling with everything he's done since his career, um, you cannot deny how good that guy was for Boston and yeah. for Philly, actually. Yeah. Um, he, he would, like, Schilling, like, Schilling did not look like he should have been a professional athlete any by any <laughs> stretch of the imagination. That dude looked like... You know, he, wasn't he literally David looked. Wells. He wasn't David Wells. That guy no, like no. But at least with David Wells, you're just like with all that weight. You know, you figure he could throw some heat, and he could, yeah. right? I mean, like you know, same same with CC uh, uh, Sabathia. You know? I mean, or I Bartolo Colon, right? But okay, I mean, Kurt Schilling. Look, he Kurt Schilling looked like fucking Bob in accounting. I I, I have a Bob in accounting. Um, but well, hopefully he's not a subscriber to our show. Uh, but he, but he even but Bo even knows actually his name is Bo. But uh, but, but even Bo knows that he's built very similar to Kurt Schilling. Okay. I mean, like there's there's no denying that. And and so like you never you there's no way walking down the street you would think that guy is a Hall of Fame worthy World Series winning pitcher for you know anyone right and for anyone and there's no way you look at him and think oh man he's tough well I watched that motherfucker throw on one leg with a fucking staple and staple in his ankle and it's just like Jesus yeah um, and so as much as I can't stand him with all his political posturing and bullshit. Well, I can't stand him a fucking Red Sox. <laughs> well, yeah, that's shit. My beef with the Red Sox runs deep. I mean, you know, as, as an Indians fan. As a Yankee and As Indians a Yankee, fan, but I mean, like, deeper. you're a Yankee fan that saw your team win a world fucking series. For, you know, for, for, plenty for, of them. Yes. And, you know, like, True. I'm one that, that our chance at winning a world series when they fucking stole uh, 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 Manny Ramirez. Anyway. Um it's just a shame, you know, because Bonds had such an amazing career, and steroids or not, they walked that motherfucker with bases loaded in a playoff game. Isn't that the craziest thing? Like, like, do you realize how bad? And no, no, you, you, know, you said it wrong. 
They intentionally yes, walked. Yes, they intentionally not, not walked. Now they walked. Right. They're just like, like we are bases are loaded. Balls. You cannot touch. Right. You, if you, the bases are loaded. We would rather walk in a run in a playoff game than let you hit the ball and clear the bases because chances are it's going to be a home the, the, run. Then let you get the ability to swing your right. bat. And it just like, man, like listen, and Bonds, Sosa, even Clemens and McGuire, those motherfuckers saved baseball. Baseball was dead. Baseball was dead after the strike, and you know Mark McGuire. Hitting that home run here in Cleveland literally would have went to outer space had it not hit the damn uh, 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 board scoreboard. Um, the, you know, those guys going back and forth with the home run, right, bonds with right, what he right. did with the home runs. Clemens just fucking throwing lights out. Yeah, they were on steroids, but it was a steroid era. You could see that they were clearly bigger, but it was it was an epidemic, yes. a pandemic in the sport. It goes across the board. And the fact that you're going to leave those those guys out because you because Bonds and because Bonds and Clemens were jerks and Sammy Sosa's pretty weird and you don't like Schilling's political standing now, I think that's garbage reasons to leave those guys out. Don't give me the purity of the game because the game wasn't pure. All right, if they if you could tell me for sure that the, like first of all you don't even have a positive test. We know they did it, but you don't have a positive anything to technically proven. Right. And they went they were they were fucking tried in federal court and found innocent, but still still so many other people just like them that all that the went under the radar the, the fucking the, I would say even even like I think the number estimated numbers were, you know, 70% I think back in the day that number feels like close to what it was. Even if it was 50% of the league to sit there and say, like, because bon- that means that Bonds is going against pitchers on steroids. Clemens right. is throwing against guys on steroids. Same with Sosa, right? And, you know, Schilling wasn't on a steroid, clearly. But, um, <laughs> you know, actually, I disagree with that because a lot of the guys use the, the HGH and other stuff to recover from injuries. He didn't body. have it like that's listen. Sure. Listen, he wasn't using he wasn't using any edge. If he was doing it, he was doing it wrong. Right, like exactly. Like you were really <laughs> fucking up. Right? Like, I mean, what were you squirting it in your mouth? Like that's how this works, Kurt. Putting it on his Taco Bell. Um anyway, I just I you know, and, and look, I, I think Bonds is a like Bonds is a fierce player bef- before there were any steroids al- allegations. I mean, you could argue that if his career stopped in Pittsburgh, that he so would have been a Hall of Fame yeah. player. I mean, that's the common common thread. Um, you know, same with Clemens. Clemens was a fucking bear of a pitcher his entire career. Um, but I just I, it just doesn't seem right. I, you to, know, I to mean, me, it's like you're denying history. Look, Barry Bonds, I've got no loyalty to. Clemens is a douchebag. Put him in and put all the yeah, stories right, about it, yes, right? Like, yes, put it all in just there. Just say it. Have Tell a plaque. Truth. Like, That's, have two plaques. Like, here's all the shit that they did that was good. And then here's all the, here's the reasons why we hate him. Put him yeah, in Cooperstown. Put yeah. all that shit yes. in Cooperstown. And do the same with Joe Jackson and Pete Rose. Yes. I fully agree. I mean, you're, you're, when you take away, when you try to deny reality. Never happened. That, yeah. Never happened. But that, all right, so what do we talk about when we talk about being American, being honest, being whatever? You know, we don't whitewash history. Well, actually, we do. Especially when it's stuff we really don't like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what what, what we're critical, what I'm critical of, well, in the Soviet Union or in Russia, they deny this historical shit. That's what that's what this is. Yes, it's sports. I mean, it's sports. It's not as important. I mean, but you can even you don't even have to go that far. This is this is why it doesn't work. You mess up to the final four. Marcus Camby, 
that whole team. I think it was 98, 97, or no. Oh, it was 94. 96. It was, I was in high school. And I it was, was early, in college, early in my and high school. And I was watching right, my right. team go against Marcus Camby. Right. And so probably 92 or 3. Uh, whatever. Either way. Okay. It was before I got there. Yes. But they went. Right? Now, because Calipari does what Calipari does, and so the banners get taken down, and it was wiped away from the course of history. But we all remember that team. Right? Like, if you, if you have any... If you liked college basketball remotely in the 90s, then you remember the UMass team that went to the Final Four. Absolutely. I go, like, people find out that I went to UMass. They're just like, oh, Marcus Camby. Did he, were you there when he was? No, I, was, no. I wasn't there. No, the you guy ever you, met him? The yeah, guy you with the show with was there when he was. Right, but you know what I mean? It's just, oh, have you ever met him? Like, oh, man, I love that team. Those guys were so good. I remember who they played when they played Villanova, blah, 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 blah. Right? Oh, you remember John Chaney? Like, yeah, I remember him. But, again, I was fucking 12 when I, this happened. I, I got shoved by John but, Chaney. But, um, all that to say is it doesn't like you can sit there and NCAA can say oh they didn't win it and we took the banner down right. but everybody remembers it we all know that it happened and it historically happened right and like there's documented footage of it we know like right like you can watch the tape people still talk about it right like it's in the history I books it live. right like I mean you may have put a line through it but it's still there so this whole thing of well we're gonna take it away it doesn't count anymore after the fact it's still just garbage. You know, I mean, I, I just, I, I, I don't like 100% that. 100% agree. NCAA, I think this is a similar <laughs> move by Major League Baseball. Um, and if anybody was going to do it, it was going to be Major League Baseball. Um, you know, the NFL's got plenty of guys who you're just like, eh, I don't know, right, for a lot of different reasons. But yet they're just like, look, it's if, about what's on the field. If you want to take away, you know, an honor, so, you know, I, I, so I think Rudy Giuliani had an honorary degree stripped from him the other day. Good. Well, that's because you've proven to be a sociopath and were not wanting to be associated with you anymore. <laughs> like, and you're a bad sociopath. And a bad one with really bad hair-dying skills. But, um, you know, if you want to say we're no longer recognizing you in this way, fine. When you try to deny a historical event and just go, we're going to pretend that never happened because we later discovered you're a bad guy. Fuck off. That, yeah. I'm sorry. You you can't do that. And when you try to whitewash history, you're going down a really dangerous path. Whitewash. It's funny you I say know, that. I know, I know. I know. I, I Steve, I was looking for another term in my head. Both times I, I said whitewash twice in the last five minutes. No, I know. Surprised I got away with it the first time. It's just... Like, I was. I didn't want to go there, but I mean, if you, so if you don't know what we're talking about, Sammy Sosa um, literally went through a process and, like, bleached his skin. So, like, he was a dark-complected Dominican, and now he is literally, like, Jim's complexion with, like, blonde hair. It's bizarre. That's um, not why I went down that road. Oh, well, it's, I, well, as it relates to Sammy Sosa, it's okay. a cultural thing. Like, you know, like, there's an issue with Dominicans and dark skin and, you know, white culture and everything else. But why did you, what, what was your deal? Just erasing history for the purpose Oh, you of, were just, I was oh, using the term in its normal Oh, thing. you, oh, I you, you say that. Oh, you mean whitewashing when you didn't want to admit this about racism? Whitewashing when you didn't want. Oh, I thought oh, I was oh. opening a door that could oh, just Oh no, come you just opened the door to me making fun of Sammy Sosa, Sosa for bleaching his skin like a <laughs> fucking psychopath. Um, Speaking of by, the, by the way, David Ortiz also Dominican. Yes, um, did not bleach his skin. Did not bleach his skin and did get into the he hall. He did of get fame. in the hall of fame. And as much as I, he tormented me. You got to. By the way, he also was a juicer. Um, I think he was. Was he ever mm, caught? I, was, I think it was a little bit different. I don't think he was a juicer. I think he got caught with, with something. I feel like he, I think his was, uh, it was Manny Ramirez with the weird hormone. Well, yeah, Manny Ramirez was taking IGF or ICF yeah, or whatever, weird. like the feminine fertility yes. drug. Yes. 
um, which is which is which is like you take that after you've taken uh, uh, like a synthetic hormone to get your balls to start working again or whatever. I don't. I don't, know. I don't know. All I know is that that's what he got caught with. So it's just like, what are you taking this for? You're not <laughs> trying to have a baby, so you don't uh, know that. But you know, and many many is a many is another Man, weird. Many's whole different thing. He's a whole different. We gotta, thing. We gotta wrap but, this up. Um, Last word to you. I. Uh, I always enjoy, like, you know, David Ortiz tormented the Indians as well, but phenomenal player, loved to watch him play, had a great attitude, was a very caring guy. I actually met David Ortiz and Manny Ramirez in Boston, uh, and they paid for me and a couple teammates, they paid for our dinner. Oh, as when you were at UMass? Yeah, when I was at UMass. We were in Boston, we right. were down there in uh, Faneuil Hall, and, you know, we're just like, let's... I, I know that let's, neighborhood. Let's, let's go grab some food before we go to the Purple Shamrock and try to score some Northeast... Northeast Boston tail, and uh, we we went to eat. I've been to the Purple Shamrock probably fifty times. Yeah, too many. Times. I just go to the Bell in Hand for trivia, and the Purple Shamrock was right around the corner. And uh, but yeah, we we had gone to dinner at a restaurant down there. Now I'm pretty sure that restaurant's not even there anymore. But um, they they were there sitting at the bar, and you know one of my buddies was like, "Holy shit, that's that's Man Ram and and Big Poppy." And um, you know, I mean, we're football players and we're Bunch idiots. Of big black so, athletic guys, and right? Uh, in, Bo- uh, in that no, neighborhood, no, no. Boston, our, you stood our out. Quarter, what, our quarter, Maddie, Maddie G. Okay. You had a white guy. Maddie Ice was with us, but he was from Florida, so he might as well have been black anyway. And actually, Maddie stood up and was like, "Man, man!" <laughs> and like they looked over and they just like waved. And then um, next thing you know, like we're trying to get the bill, and just like uh, those two got it. And it's just like you look over and they gave us a wave. It's, it's like holy! I, shit. I guarantee you, they were like, "Holy shit!" There's other black guys in this neighborhood. In yes, Boston. fine. We are picking up. Hey, I'm not criticizing. Yes, maybe. I, so there was. Oh god, what was we got to get points for something. Shit. Hey, hey look, I, look that neighborhood. What, what was the um, the Black Rose? Not far from there. Right. There was. What's up with the colored flowers in this place? Yeah, there's that. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in the window with my girlfriend at the time. And there's a tap on the glass behind me. I turn around. There's a black guy outside the window. He goes, where are the black people? And I went, not, <laughs> not in here. here. And he literally, he laughed and went, okay. Got you. <laughs> it's Boston. Like, you know, it's funny. That I don't know. It's in a particular. whole other conversation. But let's shut it down. All right. We are done. Thanks for listening. We're at Whiskey Congress on Instagram and Twitter. We're done. Good talking to you, brother. We're out. 